Adams was first in air yards last year with 2,130 yards. That is 11 more air yards than the total between Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle last year. Oh, and those three had 114 more targets than Devontae Adams. The Wag Me Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Colin Garini and Nick Musto. So we have nine quarterback changes heading into the 2023 fantasy football season. A couple new rookies. We'll start right there with them. First overall pick was Bryce Young, uh, 2021 Heisman winner. Comes from Alabama, entering a new offense in Carolina, constructed by Frank Reich. Um, first year head coach for them. He's taking over seemingly a f- run first scheme in Carolina. You know, Frank Reich has a history with run dominant offenses in Indianapolis, uh, Philadelphia before then. Panthers brought in Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, DJ Chark as veteran receiving options to comfort their rookie quarterback. And they also drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round. And I can make a weak comparison to A.J. Brown. Um, the only similarity is that they each come from Ole Miss. Um, they each ran sub 4-5, and they're huge. Six-foot, 220-pound frame. Uh, Mingo, 6-2. Uh, A.J. Brown, six-foot. And they each average over 16 yards per reception. I don't know how long I can go with making that comparison though. Aside from Ole Miss, I don't know if you can really compare anyone to AJB right now. Um, I know that's someone we were a little off on last year. Um, Forgive us. Yeah. Going back to uh, what you said about Carolina implementing a run first scheme, um, the Panthers are going to support that uh, ideology with the addition of Miles Sanders this year. Sanders coming from Philly. I think he's the criminally underrated running back just been in a Philly offense that uh, gives a lot of the touchdown work to Jalen Hurts and sometimes they throw in Kenneth Gainwell I think Miles Sanders is poised for a breakout season this year in his fifth year in the NFL right and he's going to comfort Bryce Young in that backfield and it's definitely going to help the rookie grow into the league Young um, he's really good at passing in the pocket extending plays with his mobility doesn't really take off a whole lot um, but he threw for 4,800 yards and 47 touchdowns in his Heisman winning year in 2021. Um, only 12 interceptions over the past two years. So he's very good at protecting the ball. You don't see him as a dual threat quarterback, though. I'm not a big I, I don't see him as a guy that we're going to look at with a ton of rushing upside. I mean, in 2021 and 2022 combined, he had 185 rushing yards. And I know what you're going to say. It's uh, partially due to the fact that in college football statistics, they count sacks against a player's rushing yards. Um, But even then, I I didn't go through the numbers and figure out how many times he was sacked and for what yardage totals. But 185 yards in two years is not something I'm, I'm going to take and say, oh, this guy is going to be a rushing phenom in the NFL. All I see it as is he runs a 4-5-240, and he's going to be a rookie, so he's going to, you know, shit the bed a little bit, and so he's going to have to run sometimes. He's just going to, by sheer will, he's going to have to extend plays with his legs. I know you're making the Kyler comp. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's, it's a lame comparison because we've heard it so much, but that is the pro comp for him, both 5'10", 205". 
Young will provide the Panthers offense with much better decision-making and quality of targets than they saw last year uh, than what they did with PJ Walker or Baker Mayfield. Baker finished 31st in QBR last year. Um, I'd expect that to Bryce Young to finish much higher than that. His fantasy upside is limited due to the lack of quality targets he has. And um, maybe his rushing upside isn't quite where we want it. Where exactly do is he draftable in one QB leagues? What formats is he um, more valuable in? What do you see? In a one QB league, I'm not high on him. Uh, like the only, we'll get to him later, but the only QBs I'm looking for when you're talking about rookies is guys with rushing upside, like Anthony Richardson would be. I mean, look, Bryce Young could, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's, he's known as a passer. Like that's where he made his, like 4,800 yards and 47 touchdowns with seven picks. He's a, he's a pass first guy. Um, there is, he is an athletic player, so there is rushing upside, but I'm not taking him in a redraft unless it's super flex. Um, I just don't see there's, there's better, like I'd prefer a Kirk cousins over Bryce young this year, just because I know that I'm going to get 25 to 30 touchdowns, a high yardage total. It'll be safe. I'd probably prefer a veteran quarterback too over Bryce Young. I, I, I think I would take a risk as my backup quarterback because it's really not risky. It's your backup. Um, and he does have he does have some upside with his legs to the point where I think he's a valuable backup. Any other Panthers that you see being valuable? Yeah, I, Miles Sanders, we mentioned him earlier. I think that he's the one guy in this offense that you can really bet on as a bona fide stud. He's going to be week in, week out starter. Um, there, he's going to get a lot of work. We saw Deontay Foreman have multiple big performances last season when he took over the offense. A couple games over 118 yards. I think it was three or four games. Five, five games. Five. Over 118 rushing yards. Miles Sanders is a better player. I, I think that he's blocked and loaded. No pass catchers, though? Uh, if I were to bet on someone leading the team in, in targets and reception totals, yardage totals, I think think it would be dj chark touchdowns wow. i think i'd lean, lean Thielen. I, what do you think that's a dj chark is like the wild card name yeah. by this group um i probably like Thielen's the only wide receiver that i consider rostering because i can see him leading the team in targets and red zone targets that's where bread and butter is made but um i'm not drafting any of them you know i'm gonna leave them in the dumpster where they are let's go to the second pick yeah, uh, actually, Bryce Young's uh, childhood friend drafted number two overall, C.J. Stroud. Were the they Celtics. really? I, in high school, yeah. I've seen like a bunch of videos on social media. I mean, when you, when you're in like a an elite circle, yeah. like a, a five star quarterback rating out of high school, I, I guess you know you you start forming into your own society. Yeah, I I didn't hang out with many five star <laughs> in high school. No, I hung out with you. That's <laughs> Um, so yeah, Stroud went number two overall to the Texans on Thursday. Um, he's going to be entering a system with wide receiver options, John Mechie, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Noah Brown, um, rookie Tank Dell, worth noting, um, 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns for Houston, small guy, 5'8", 160 something. Um, he's not a big guy, but he does have talent. I, this wide receiver room right now is stacked. Um, with a bunch of mid names stack with mediocre guys. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys that I could see leading the team in targets. I don't know who it's going to be right now. I think we'll see more in training camp. I'm also going to chime in that they added Devin Singletary to their backfield and Dalton Schultz 
from the Cowboys. So they do have a lot of decent uh, players in their skill set room. No like superstars, but I think there's a lot of quality targets around him. Yeah. A um, little bit about Stroud. Uh, 8,123 yards over his last 25 games in college through for 85 touchdowns um, balling out. Yeah. Uh, and looking at that, the Texans scored 27 touchdowns as a team last year. I think CJ Stroud can definitely help that. Yeah. I, I, and with the new coaching staff, I'm liking the situation for Stroud, maybe not as a year one player, but we'll get into that. I think that Stroud is the most polished passer in the draft. Um, he fell to two, I think mainly because of his IQ. Yeah, his eighteen yeah. percent on the exam. I don't know. What I forget it, what it's called. Yeah, but. it was bad. I think Bryce Young got like a ninety-eight percent, and Will Levis a ninety-three, and then you really got Stroud down there at eighteen percent. What do you think Stroud's going to do for fantasy football this year? I mean, he did go to Houston, so just just based on the team he was drafted to, his upside was limited. It's not like he was drafted to a prolific offense from the year before. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not projecting if I were to, if I were to compare young and Stroud, I'd probably take young over Stroud. I, I think I'd like that system just a little bit more. I think the team as a whole is a little bit better. Um, but right now we don't know. We don't know who's top target will be out of his mid group of eight receivers that he has. Yeah. I think it is difficult for CJ Stroud to warrant a draft pick outside of, two quarterback or super flex leagues where every single starting quarterback is going to be rostered. Um, but I agree with you. I'd rather have young because of that rushing upside, you know, you don't want to admit it, but those legs can do something. There's a little bit, there's a little bit. Um, but the only pass catcher I would consider rostering is Dalton Schultz. I think he's um, Robert Woods probably has like the most decorated career, but Dalton Schultz is the safest. I think, Woods, we saw a big drop off with last year, and now he has to uh, compete with a fleet of wide receivers. Dalton Schultz, you know, tight end one, clear cut. I think he's going to be a very consistent option for CJ Stroud to lean on. Otherwise, yeah, it's too soon for me to talk about any pass catchers from Houston. Yeah, I think Schultz is definitely going to be the primary red zone target, too. Um, I mean, we saw him in Dallas. Dallas, he dominated in the red zone when he was on the field with Dak. Um, Dem Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary are both in the backfield now. Do you, which one do you see being more valuable? Are either of them worth a roster spot, worth a flex spot? Let me know. I don't think I like. I don't think I can separate either. Really, um, both have shown that they can do the majority of things from the backfield. I think Damian Pierce is a little bit more complete with his receiving rapport than Devin Singletary, but I think they're going to be really split. Um, I would probably consider both like in the high RB three range, you know, top 30 to 36. What about you? Where do you see these guys? Uh, yeah, I see them both being pretty similar. Kind of like how Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman were both, when they were both on the field, they were both okay. Uh, that's a disgusting comparison. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I think Damian Pierce is probably a little bit better of a runner. Um, had one of the most yards after contact in the league at running back last year. Um, Devin Singletary, he's had opportunity in a fantastic offense his entire career. And what has he done with it, really, aside from a stretch at the end of 2021 where he won people championships? Other than that, it's been sad for Singletary. So I'd, I'd lean Pierce. I think that he is the – he'll be the number one in the offense, but both will be middling 
options. I'm going to turn to Anthony Richardson, two picks behind the top two picks, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, QB three in the draft. And he is a freak of nature. He is only six days younger than me. I'm 20 for what it's worth. He's two years younger than you. Yeah. Can you believe that? Um, uh, but no, the 20 year old is a freak of nature. He's six, four, 230 pounds, runs a four, five unmatched arm strength. He can just, he has a rocket launcher on that arm and rightfully so he does draw plenty of Cam Newton comparisons, uh, Dak Prescott, another big framed Uber athletic quarterback that he's been compared to exceptional runner over 650 yards last year. 6.3 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Uh, where does how does he fit into Indianapolis? Um, I mean, they do have a decent receiving core with Pittman, Pierce. Um, I I'm not. It's not like one of the top two duos in the top ten duos in the league. It's respectable. Yeah, it's it's worth something. Um, so there is a decent receiving core. He's got Jonathan Taylor, of course, which will take pressure off of any quarterback, let alone a rookie who they took a chance on based on his arm talent. They're not too sure. He's not too sure of a passer. I know he has an absolute cannon, like you mentioned, but um, yeah, he enters the team with a very good skill group. Um, and they added Josh Downs out of North Carolina, um, 5'9", 171, 448 speed uh, in 2022, at a thousand yards and 11 touchdowns. So, I mean, this, this team does have decent skill players and having Jonathan Taylor will only help him. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Richardson is young, um, not like the most productive in college. Just he's a late bloomer. Uh, that's why he, this upside and potential behind him. That's why he was drafted fourth overall. But Indianapolis did add Gardner Minshew over the offseason. And Minshew, um, very respectable backup quarterback around the league, has been successful when on the field. And I'm going to say that there is a chance um, I would rate around 50% chance that Gardner Minshew starts at least a couple games at the beginning of the year until Richardson is ready to take over. Um, I will say that Anthony Richardson is the most enticing rookie quarterback in this group. Uh, I think he is worth a draft pick, even in the latest rounds, even if he doesn't play for a couple games, um, although he struggles as a passer, his rushing upside, uh, similar to Justin Fields, that can take over fantasy football. And I think he's someone that I want on my team uh, as my QB three, even backup quarterback. Um, what do you think about him? Um, I agree. His rushing upside makes him the most sought after rookie quarterback. Um, like if a guy can run for 160 yards and a touchdown in a game, he's going to be better than Bryce Young throwing. 250 and two because um, he'll couple that with the 150 passing yards on his own. Um, so definitely the most fantasy upside this season. And it's, I think that's great too, because out of the rookie quarterbacks, he enters the best system. Um, Michael Pittman is still the only wide receiver in Indianapolis that I would consider owning. I mean, he, other than Alec Pierce, who had, who had some flashes in his rookie season and now Josh Downs, a new rookie, I think that they have potential, but if I'm drafting, the only one that I'm leaving a draft with will be Michael Pittman. Um, and I also think that we'll see a very large dose of Jonathan Taylor in 2023. A healthy JT is a scary thing. He'll take a lot of pressure off Richardson and his arm. So two-part question, maybe you can answer them with one part even. 
does Jonathan Taylor's injury last year concern you at all? You know, he missed the better part of seven games last year because of his recurring ankle injury. And what's your way too early ranking of JT in 2023? I'm not concerned about the ankle for 2023. I think that he is back and ready to go. He's had a whole offseason to rest. Um, he had missed the end of the season last year. Um, if I were ranking him right now, he's still top five. CMC, Eckler, Saquon, JT, probably in that order, I think. All aboard the JT train, baby. Yeah. How about you? Uh, about the same. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say, briefly mention Will Levis's name. We all, if you watch the NFL draft or you don't live under a rock in the NFL community, you understand Will Levis's draft, how it played out, falling out from potential second overall pick to second round pick. He landed in Tennessee, uh, and he's going to be the backup to Ryan Tannehill unless if Tannehill gets injured. Not worth the draft pick. Someone that we can stash in dynasty leagues. Otherwise, not going to talk about Will Levis here. Yeah, the Titans made a statement that Tannehill was going to remain the starter, um, but there would be consider they would consider uh, Levis or Willis during the 2023 season. But right now, like there's there's nothing to really look forward to with Levis. So let's go to the transaction that we want to talk about in this episode. Yeah, this is this is hands down the biggest QB change of the offseason. Um, Aaron Rodgers, bona fide Hall of Famer, headed to New York. He's going to be a Jet in 2023. Um, the Jets last year completed a league low of 56.9% of their pass attempts, um, and as a team had a QBR of 75, um, which was another league low. Um, a QBR of 75 would rank 34th among quarterbacks last year, just ahead of Zach Wilson. <laughs> Um, so that just goes to show the absolute putrid QB play they, that they dealt with in, in New York. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers was pretty average last year, one of his worst years of his career, um, posting a 91.1 QBR, tied with Lamar for 17th best in 2022. Nothing spectacular, but a significant jump from 34th. Yeah, Rodgers had a bad season. Um, he's going to be turning 40 this year. He is a year removed from winning back-to-back -back MVP trophies. It's quiz time. All right, so I've been waiting to ask you this one. Three other quarterbacks. All right, yeah, okay. I was going to say three other players, all quarterbacks, but I just jumped straight to it. Three other quarterbacks have won back-to-back -back MVPs in NFL history. Who are they? Oh, boy. Um, Tom Brady? Nope. No. No. <laughs> Joe Montana. Yes, Joe Montana is one. He's the first one. Um, he was the first. So he's the most recent. Aside no, no, no. Sorry. He was the furthest back in okay, history. Okay. There's been two since in between since Joe and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Uh, Dan Marino. Nope. But good guess. Um, one guy won it three straight years. Three straight years. Uh, it's not Mahomes. Nope. Um, Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning's right. the second. I'll give you one so more. he's not the one that won it three straight years. Nope, there's one guy sandwiched in between Peyton Manning and Joe Montana. Nope. No. It was Brett Favre. He won it three Favre. straight years. Oh, that, oh, that's a good one. That's a good trivia question. I, I had no idea. And we'll remember it for uh, Trivia Friday night. Yeah. You know, hopefully yeah. they ask us. <laughs> but no. Um, back to Aaron Rodgers. Reality is he's supported eight top eight wide receiver finishes in his career. Six top three finishes two outright wide receiver one seasons, Jordy Nelson in uh, 2014 or 16, I forget, and uh, 
Devontae Adams sometime recent in his historic stretch. So there's no question Aaron Rodgers can feed a go-to guy until he got gout. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to fit all this into the Jets situation, um, I think this boosts Garrett Wilson like drastically. I think he's hands down the wide receiver that it was affected most from all the QB changes. Um, we've seen first round price tags thrown out there in the fantasy community. I think that's a little crazy. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we see Rodgers. He peppers his, his top target. Um, but I think he's securely in the wide receiver one range. Maybe not round one, but definitely worth um, – I think definitely worth a round two pick. Yeah. Um, he's in my wide receiver one range. Not sure where yet. Uh, we'll get to that when we crunch numbers, but I see Garrett Wilson's dynasty price just going through the roof, which may or may not be a trap. You know, Rogers is turning 40, like you already mentioned. So who knows who's going to be the thrower uh, provider for Garrett Wilson throughout the majority of his career. Um, I've been seeing like Garrett Wilson plus a late first rounder this year for Justin Jefferson. Uh, and I just can't bring myself around that in my mind to quite give him that price label yet. Um, but other jets, Brees Hall, how's he impacted and how's his health? Uh, well, right now it looks like there is a good chance that he'll be on the field in week one um, last year, average 15.1 uh, fantasy points per game. Um, seventh highest at his position. It's crazy. Average almost seven yards per touch, 6.9 yards per touch, um, which was the best among running backs in the league. Now, does Aaron Rodgers race his needle at all? Um, I think so. We see Aaron Rodgers targeting his running backs. Look at Aaron Jones, who has been prolific in the passing game um, the past few seasons. I do think that, in general, an improved offense will benefit uh, Brees Hall and his touchdown upside. So if he's healthy and we're getting good reports from him heading into the season before draft time, like I don't see any reason he shouldn't be a top five running back taken. Yeah. Now um, the Jets did add, I forget his name, but the running back from Pitt, he's a bulldozer of a human being. Oh yeah. Um, but I just want to like put it this way. You mentioned Aaron Jones's name. Uh, and if you didn't, I'm obviously not hearing right. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll just make this comparison or make this statement. If Aaron Jones was five years younger and had a backfield to himself, just where was his fantasy ceiling at? I would say like borderline RB1. And that's how I view Brees Hall with Aaron Rodgers in his backfield. Yeah, if A.J. Dillon wasn't there for the past two years, Aaron Jones hands down would have been a first round draft pick. I, I don't think anything would keep him out of that situation like the guy is an absolute freak i don't know what his yards per carry was last season but on limited touches sharing with aj Dillon, he was one of the best in the league ninth ninth in fantasy scoring yeah one of the best all right um jordan love another qb change might as well stick with the the packers trend that we're going take on. the take the other side of the equation yeah um this is the first time in 15 years that aaron Rodgers won't be the starting quarterback in green bay which is insane i didn't realize he was 40 um Love has one career start, a seven and 13, seven to 13 loss against the Chiefs in 2021. Um, in that game, he completed 56% of his passes for 190 yards, one to one touchdown to interception ratio. Um, last year, he wasn't too bad when he got a chance to play. He went 14 of 21 for 195 and a touchdown, um, averaged 13.9 yards per completion. Um, but that is a very small sample size. And he doesn't have much to work with. 
Christian Watson does have potential to be a quality wide receiver one. I'd argue that he's already a top through 32 receiver in the league. Um, so he does have potential to be a good lead receiver. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon make a strong pair of backs. But otherwise, very limited skill set group. And it's hard to imagine any of these players see an improvement while going from Aaron Rodgers, you know, four-time MVP, future Hall of Famer, to Jordan Love, very unproven quarterback. Um, Christian Watson, back to his name, he did find a lot of success down the stretch of the season last year, and he could see a huge uptick in uh, targets thrown his way just because, you know, now he has the wide receiver core by the horns. He's no longer splitting the lead role with Alan Lazard. But it's difficult to see a big second-year breakout with a new quarterback. Yeah, and in that one touchdown that uh, Jordan Love threw in 2022 was to Watson. It was just a slant around down the middle, and Watson took it to the house. Like, he is that game-breaking speed. So that's where his upside lays. It's not within the quality of targets. It's just getting him the ball in space. Um, more about the Packers situation. Jones finishes the RB9, as we mentioned earlier. Dylan as the RB25 in 2022. Um, I would think that both Jones and Dylan and the receivers fall in – rankings and draft value just because i mean when you lose a hall of fame quarterback things change now uh do you think we'll see any big green bay draft day discounts do you think we're going to get any good values on draft day out of this offense i don't know where aaron jones is sitting right now but he'll remain the rb1 in the offense and i don't see where he finishes below a mid-range rb2 um, but I don't know where he's being drafted, but I think that there is a chance that he would be the guy to gain value out of. Like if you could take him as your RB2 or RB3, even depending on how you draft and you can get him in like the third to fourth round, I think that's a steal still. He's someone that I'm going to look forward to tracking down in value. Uh, I'm going to flip over to the most boring, maybe not most boring, but uh, most uninteresting quarterback change this offseason. And Sam Howell entering his first season as a starter in Washington's offense. Now, I could see Jacoby Brissett starting. They signed him over the offseason. But um, Sam Howell's name is listed first for now. And Howell went for 11 for 19 last year. 170 yards, touchdown, interception, ran for 35 yards, and a touchdown in his lone game. Uh, we get a new offensive coordinator. Why don't you introduce that? Yeah, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, um, one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. He's entering a new scheme in Washington. I think that he'll carry over a lot of what he did from the Chiefs. Um, he's shown the ability to produce one of the best offenses of all time in his time in Kansas City. Um, and he's actually given a strong core of weapons in Washington, as opposed to what he had in Kansas City with this top target being Juju. I mean, they, of course, they have Travis Kelsey, but the receiving core was just a bunch of no-names. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, the list goes on and on. Um, so he enters a very good system or a very good team with a very strong receiving core in Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin. I think they also drafted um, Mitchell Tinsley from Penn State, right? Oh, yeah? yeah. I, I didn't see that, but he was all right. He either drafted or, or picked so, up at the end of the draft, right. undrafted free agent. Um, but, yeah, so that receiving core with this new coaching change, uh, I think there is untapped potential in Sam Howell. I think that the enemy could break it out. Um, 
The ceiling for the wideouts is high since we don't know how high how ceiling is, but the floor is also very low because we also don't know how low house floor is. So we're kind of at a impasse right now. Yeah, and um, Jahan Dotson will be he's someone that I like uh, his trajectory is really high uh, in fantasy football for his career. Uh, but he's going to be way less consistent than Terry McLaurin. It's pretty much the same thing we saw last year. Uh, you're going to pay for that draft premium when regarding Terry McLaurin's consistency, because he is going to be the first to eat at Washington's dinner hall. Um, and so he's going to have much more consistent volume um, it, but you're going to have to pay the price. He's probably going to go close to where he went last year, uh, late fourth, early fifth round, uh, low end to mid wide receiver two price tag. Um, so you're going to pay up for him. But if you want that ceiling and you want it for cheaper, I think Jahan Dotson is going to be valuable at the 10th round or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Definitely paying cheaper for uh, Dotson. I think that he will pay off. Um Baker Mayfield, we've mentioned him earlier when we were talking about the Panthers. He is another quarterback change this season, heading from the Rams to the Bucs. He did have a brief stint in L.A. this year, last year. Um, Baker Mayfield had an awesome rookie season, nearly 3,800 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions, um, which is a fantastic rookie year. But aside from that, um, he's been terrible. He's thrown the most interceptions since 2019. He's thrown 50 in 58 games. Not very good. No. The Bucks led the league last year with a total of 751 pass attempts. Um, they led the league the year before in 2021 as well. Um, and they were dead last in rushing. So the absence of Tom Brady is definitely going to affect this team. Yeah. And I'll add in, they also have multiple holes in their O-line that they got a patch. Notably, Donovan Smith no longer anchoring the opposite tackle position to Tristan Wirfs. And um, I think just seeing this transition in coaching staff and quarterback, who's calling the shots and who's not, Bucks aren't going to throw nearly as much, and they're going to play at a lot slower pace. They were the fastest team last year in terms of plays per game. Seattle, who Dave Canales, their new offensive coordinator, um, that's where he comes from. They were the 11th slowest in pace of play, running nearly seven less plays per game than the what, what the Bucs did this year. And who's impacted by that most? Yeah, I think Mike Evans is definitely going to be hurt the most by the quarterback change and the coaching change. Um, Baker Mayfield does not pop, provide quality deep targets, which is where Mike Evans makes his money. Um, he's the kind of guy that will go three for 41 week and then 10 for 202 the next week. Um, I don't see an outcome where those games are prominent, where he's going to have a bunch of those explosive week winning performances. Um, Chris Godwin's also going to be hurt a little bit, but I think he'll remain a little safer just due to the type of targets that he runs. He's in that intermediate route tree. Um, he's going to be peppered still not as high as he was last year who, where he managed to, Average, I think it was 14 point something points per game um, with while only scoring two touchdowns in the season once he returned. What about Rashad White? Yeah, Rashad White is probably going to be a below average fantasy running back. I mean, last year they were 25th in scoring and dead last in rushing. And now they're bringing in a quarterback that will slow them down even more. I don't see where Rashad White's going to make his money this year. He's still a starting running back. Nonetheless, Chase Edmonds is going to be his change of pace back. 
Um, so I think he's, you know, he's still a starting running back. You need that fantasy football. You need that volume. He'll definitely be rostered. Yeah. But it, it's just the upside is, is not, there is not much upside for him. Right. Uh, now the second biggest quarterback change over this off season, though, we were blessed with a really busy off season, actually Derek Carr going from the Las Vegas Raiders to the New Orleans Saints. He's taking over a very mediocre offense in terms of total production last year, 19th in total offense yards per game and 19th and scoring. So um, comparing Derek Carr to James Winston, Andy Dalton, huge upgrade. Uh, Carr's averaged 24 touchdowns per season since being introduced into the NFL. Nothing glorified or anything, but that shows that he can run a much better offense. Saints as a whole produced only 35 offensive touchdowns last year. So you'd expect their scoring to increase. Um, and he has supported some elite options down his career. Yeah, I mean, last season we saw him with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams both, fin- both, both finishing at number three in their respective positions. Um, Adams peppered with targets. Josh Jacobs ate off volume. Um, so he definitely can produce a fantasy-relevant offense. We saw it last season. Um I think that all of this taken into consideration, Carr will be able to provide Alave with more than a sufficient target totals and touchdown opportunity to finish at, at least a wide receiver too. I think he definitely has top 10 upside. Um, the, that also depends on what their receiving core looks like. Is Michael Thomas going to be healthy? Is right. he even going to be playing? If he is healthy, we don't know the answer to that. Is Jarvis yet. Landry still on their team? Or is he floating around free agency? I think Landry's still there. Um, might need to vet that though. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara will also also benefit from the improved offense. That he's Carr, a free agent. Actually. He is a free agent. I, well, that helps a lot. Bit. That backs up my point. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alvin Kamara also going to benefit from the improved offense. Um, the past two seasons, he's only scored 13 touchdowns. That's not what you want from a guy who's typically taken at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Um, he is suspended. It's looming. It, well, is it is looming? It's, so it's okay. not been assigned yet. All right. He pled not guilty, but the NFL still could discipline. There's him. a video of him curb stomping. <laughs> I, I think that he'll be suspended at some point this season. It don't fit the quit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but let's let's say he is suspended. I think that when he returns, he'll see a significant workload. Um, Jamal Williams, also a new addition to this offense, he is a touchdown vulture. We saw it in Detroit. So I think that when he starts the season as the main running back, given that Kamara is suspended, he will remain in the the red zone role, which does limit Kamara's upside. Yeah, it's a big hypothetical scenario. So I'll just ask you like the big question right down to the meat of it. Kamara for 11 games or Jamal Williams for 17 games? Who would you rather roster? It. It depends on how I approach running back. If I have my two studs already, which I which I think is possible because if Kamara's injured, his he's going to be drafted. It's probably later. like a mid round running back, really. Yeah. So if I have my two studs, I'd take Jamal Williams and get the full year of a, of a player in a decent offense. I yeah, probably the same. I also feel like Alvin Kamara uh, could disappoint just given his the name to his player profile. I think Jamal Williams is going, like you said, vulture, a lot of red zone um, opportunities going to hurt him. Other side of the equation, uh, like how Aaron Rodgers left opening the door for someone new in Green Bay, 
Uh, Carr leaving the Raiders leaves wide open opportunity for the new starting quarterback there. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, just a little bit more, just paint the picture about Derek Carr more in Las Vegas. He has kept them fantasy relevant last year, 12th in scoring and in total offense. Five out of the last seven years, the Raiders have been top 12 in total yardage, um, which is music to our ears as fantasy players. Garoppolo, meanwhile, uh, the jury's still out on what he can do by himself. Yeah, I mean, when you're in San Francisco, everybody attributes everything to the system, not the players. Um, But Garoppolo, you look at what he's done, average of 8.3 yards per attempt and 12.2 yards per completion, which is fantastic. That's a career mark. Yeah, but um, it's a good chance because of Kyle Shanahan's system and the weapons that surround him. I mean, they had Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, very, very quality targets. Um, Jimmy averaged 6.9 air yards per attempt in 2022, which was 30th in the league. Um, that is definitely not as encouraging as, as the previous stat I mentioned. Um, average 2.3 pass per te- pass attempts over 20 yards per game, um, which is half of what Derek Carr averaged last season. Are you ready for this one? Let's hear it. Okay. So it is very doubtful that Devontae Adams can be supported by Jimmy Garoppolo like he was with Derek Carr. Adams was first in air yards last year with 2,130 yards. That is 11 more air yards than the total between Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle last year. Oh, and those three had 114 more targets than Devontae Adams. That's why I'm sort of out on Devontae Adams with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it's, he's definitely not someone I'm going after, especially now that they brought in Jacoby Myers, who is – not he doesn't have the name that Adams has, of course, but he is a solid wide receiver, um, and he'll be used in short, intermediate um, routes throughout games, um, which was a void that was left by Darren Waller heading to New York. They added Michael Mayer, right? Yeah, um, I could see Mayer being a decent tight end to roster. Maybe not someone that I want to go out on a limb and count on, um, but if I'm streaming tight end and if I'm trying to drafted tight end after the 12th round mayor's available. I could see him being a sturdy target for Jimmy G. Yeah. Um, and Josh Jacobs, another name to mention. In we got to mention course. his, um, I think that he will primarily go unaffected by this quarterback change. Um, I I'm not projecting him to have the year he had last year is his year was ridiculous, but I mean, Jimmy G, based on his short um, yardage totals and his short depth of target, I I could see Josh Jacobs being utilized in the receiving game quite a lot, which will just boost his fantasy value even more. Yeah, he's an incredibly good back that will be served a gout feasting feast. Mm -hmm. He will. That's it. Nine quarterback changes. I hope you learned something new this episode. See you guys 